I'm Paul Smith. Keep pace with the investment management industry by attending CFA Institute's 69th Annual Conference. For this Tech 15 episode, we have with us Professor John Kay. Professor Kay is a leading economist in Britain. He's authored many books. He's authored also a paper which is on the review of UK capital markets. And most recently, he has come out with his book called Other People's Money. Welcome, Professor John. Pleasure to be here. So could you tell us, sir, uh, what is financialization and its impact on financial products? I mean, what I mean by financialization is the way in which the finance sector has grown over the last two to three decades uh, in a way that increases the size and remuneration of people in finance, in a way that increases the volume of financial market activity, particularly in secondary markets, uh, much more in secondary markets than in primary markets, and the way in which the finance sector has put itself uh, at the center of business activity. And it's done that in ways that turn out, in, with hindsight, to have raised the costs of financial activity uh, to the real economy, have reduced the resilience of our, our, of our financial system, and have not been more effective in meeting the needs of consumers of financial services, meaning retail customers and the businesses in which their savings are invested. So with regard to some of the problems uh, that come with uh, a very high degree of financialization, are there any self-correcting mechanisms? Um, I think, I feel, if I look back over the last 20 years, I, I expected that conflicts of interest would be largely reduced by market mechanisms, but simply by virtue of the unwillingness of uh, people to deal with institutions that suffered these kind of conflicts. That hope hasn't been borne out in practice because partly people have found, have found themselves with no choice but to deal with institutions that are characterized by uh, conflicts of interest. Wide-ranging financial conglomerates actually dominate the financial scene. And also, I think, customers are mistakenly inclined to think that conflicts of interest are the conflicts of interest that come from the information sharing and transfer across an investment bank, for example, that these conflicts are used for the benefit of the customers rather than for the benefit of the banks themselves. And I think we've discovered that that is wrong. So I think the expectations that I would have had two decades ago, that markets would themselves have corrected some of these problems, have proved to be wrong in practice. So what are the key principles then uh, one can follow for designing superior financial products? I think the most fundamental principle of financial products is if you don't understand it, don't do it. And that's true of people selling it and people buying it. And I think if more people had followed that maxim over the last 20 years in both retail and wholesale markets, in most cases they'd have been better off. So who are the stakeholders uh, that can drive change? Is this behavioral, is it personal, or there are some key stakeholders who can influence and drive some change? 
Well, the key stakeholders, ultimately, for a financial system have got to be the, the beneficiaries of financial markets, where the households of savings are placed in the finance sector, and the, the businesses that make use of the financial sector. So these are the stakeholders that can drive change, or must be in the end. Now, the mechanisms through which they can drive change, first of all, I think they depend on a, a better understanding of what finance is, what finance does, uh, and how finance can better serve the needs of the real economy. And that's the educational process to which I've been contributing, I hope, with the book. I hope I've been contributing with the work I've done on the CFA Future of Finance initiative. And I hope that, I, well, I know that one of the things the CFA is about is about achieving greater understanding of the financial sector among a broader section of the community. And that's not an uncritical understanding either, just the opposite. But then this change has to be driven partly through market processes that users of markets have to seek out the kind of institutions that deliver the services that ultimately they really want, which I think means establishing trust relationships with the suppliers of financial services. And also through a political process that gets the right kind of regulation and not just more regulation, because I think part of uh, the problem we've had since the 2008 crisis has, be, has been that people have confused more effective regulation with more regulation. In the context of uh, emerging markets like India, what role does financial literacy have to play? How can one increase financial literacy? Well, I think greater financial literacy is certainly important. And for me, the main way of doing it is I, I write books as I do. Um, CFA has a role to play in promoting financial knowledge, not just to its um, charter holders within the sector, but also to a broader community. But in the end, financial literacy, even at, in Western economies, is at quite a low level. And my view is that uh, you know, we all of us at this conference, we all of us in this room, uh, we, we're people who are interested in finance, but we're unusual. Most people aren't. Most people have other things to do, which they enjoy rather more. And we have to learn to, to live with that. Now, I don't know what's under the bonnet of my car. I don't want to know what's under, under the bonnet of my car. Uh, I want to know that it works for me. And I want to the kind of trust in the manufacturer of the car and the people who service it that enables me to, to be confident it will work for me. And I am. We need to create that kind of situation in financial services. So in relation to a mutual fund, how should the fund be designed uh, for creating healthy incentives for everyone involved? You know, I wonder whether the mutual fund structure is the right one for... Uh, the long time horizons of long-term investors. I think uh, what we've done is created a mutual fund sector and imposed liquidity requirements on it that actually get in the way of investing people's savings in the kind of long-run manner that will generate the best returns for them. I think in, in some ways various versions of a closed-end fund structure uh, have much to be said for them. And much more generally, I think that's an aspect of 
my, the view to which I'm increasingly coming, that the public stock market as we know it was essentially a, a 20th century phenomenon developed first in the 19th century for railways and railroads and then in the first half of the 20th century the kind of large manufacturing corporations uh, that were characteristic of economic development during that period. Now I think now as far as certainly as far as Western economies are concerned we've moved beyond that. I mean the great corporations of Europe and the United States today are well Germany is something of an exception to this but in the main they're not manufacturing corporations they're providing they're the Apples the Googles the Facebooks of this world providing services rather than um, uh, rather than making things and they're not very capital intensive and most of the capital which they do deploy in their businesses is not very specific to their businesses its offices its um, its computers it's things that don't have to be owned by the business that operates them and typically aren't owned by the business that operates them. So that the, the conditions that led the kind of markets we used to, to come in, um, into existence have changed. And I think we're going to look in the future to kinds of pooled vehicles uh, that are rather different from the ones we've become used to since mutual funds began in the US in the 1930s. So in relation to uh, the, you emphasize, you have a big emphasis on trust and building long-term relationships in the world of finance as well as long-term jobs uh, in the world of finance. How does one incentivize stakeholders uh, to, to create that kind of an environment where uh, the emphasis shifts from uh, the short-termism that we see to a long-term uh, uh, horizon? It's funny because Stakeholders have these incentives at the moment. They just don't properly recognize them. Uh, I mean, the truth is that looking at, looking at quarterly performance figures doesn't give you useful information about the competence of a, a fund manager. And it's rather sad in a way that um, I, I feel it myself that now that technology has made it possible for me to press a button on my computer and volume my portfolio every day, I often do that even though I know that what I learn from doing that is really of no value at all. So in context of the financial products, how can make, uh, one make ethics work? What's strange here about that question, you know, is we wouldn't ask that question if we were talking about most sectors of business because in most sectors of business, markets work in such a way as, they as to create a an alignment between what is profitable for the business and what is valuable for the consumer. And we need to bring about that situation in, in financial markets. Now, to do that, I think we need to, uh, to do two things. One is we need more transparency and understanding so people really know whether products are actually meeting their needs. The second is we need more trust so that people who are selling products understand that in the long run, their businesses will prosper by developing uh, long-term trust relationships with their customers and, and not by trying to screw the last penny out of individual deal as if it was going to be the last, which of course, and this is part of the problem for the traders of today's world, it often is. Uh, any closing comments, Professor John? 
it's often the case when I talk like this that people think I'm being anti-finance in some way, and that's absolutely not true. I think modern economies need finance, and economies that don't have an effectively functioning finance system um, uh, do not prosper. But actually, that doesn't mean that the more financial activity we have of whatever kind, the better off the society is. And I think the last couple of decades have proved that. Thank you very much, Professor John, for being with us. Thank you very much for watching this episode of Tech Take 15. Copyright 2016 CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.